is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for May 15th, 2023. I am your host, JD from New York, as always, coming to you live from the OTS venue, of course, in my mother's basement. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings. Wherever you may be, man. Raw. Boring. Boring, man. Listen, I don't want to come on here and be a negative Nancy. Usually I am, man, and I actually quite enjoy it because the show sucks. The show sucks, in my honest opinion, man. I can't really, I can't get excited about really anything on this show. It's just blah. That's all it is to me. It's just blah. It's three hours of just whatever the fuck they want to throw on TV. And there's no real substance. There's nothing to sink your teeth into. There's nothing that's coming out of this shit going into Saudi that is rich with story. It's just the same old formulaic, same old shit that we saw going into WrestleMania. They're just rehashing this because it's a quick, easy payday. In Saudi Arabia. The big thing tonight is Gunther. Gunther is obviously defending the Intercontinental Champion. By the way, he is fucking great. He's easily my... I, I would honestly say Gunther's my favorite thing on all of WWE programming. Anything, anything that he's a part of, just great. Tonight was about finding him a new challenger for the Intercontinental Championship at Night of Champions. Now... WWE has a gimmick pay-per-view where all their championships are on the line, supposedly. But we got Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar, not a championship match. Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch, not a championship match. So WWE is in need of a challenger for Gunther and the Intercontinental Championship tonight. And out of all the names in that ring tonight, Bronson Reed... Dolph Ziggler, Von Wagner was in the battle royal tonight, man. Oh, my goodness, man. Where did Von Wagner come from, bro? Send him back down to Tuesday night. We got Zion Quinn. Who? Zion Quinn. Does anybody know who Zion Quinn is? Raise your hand. You don't want to know. Don't worry about it. Um, Johnny Gargano, Dexter Loomis. The list goes on and on. Matt Riddle was in there. Apollo Crews was in there. But at the end of it all, it was Mustafa Ali who got the victory. And he's going to Night of Champions to challenge Gunta for the Intercontinental Championship. Should be a fun match. Should be a fun match. I think the outcome is pretty predictable, but it should be a fun match nonetheless. Now, does WWE give Ali a chance 
to win the Intercontinental Championship and make it a competitive match, or does he go into Saudi Arabia and lose in about 30 seconds? I know a lot of people are like, well, this could be the same thing that happened with Ricochet in his match against Brock Lesnar in Saudi Arabia. That one time it happened, and it ended in about, what, three minutes? I'm looking at this match and maybe seeing the same thing happening to Mustafa Ali. No matter how you swing it, it's just a match on a show because WWE has Night of Champions and all their championships need to be on the line. But they're not. But they're not. Roman Reigns is not defending his undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship. So how could you call it Night of Champions when Roman Reigns is not defending the most prestigious prize in the entire company? Kind of a lame duck situation there. But what do I know, man? I, uh, I talk about wrestling inside my mother's basement, legitimately. Um, listen, Ali's going to be hopefully a up-and-coming star in the Triple H administration. I know there's rumors that Triple H wants to push him, that they're going to give him a solid push, or, or we're supposed to give him a solid push coming out of WrestleMania. You know, it is very difficult for me to sit here and take him seriously. Now, he's a great wrestler, don't get me wrong. But this is just a match on a show because they need the Intercontinental Championship defended on that show. And that's all this is. It's a means to an end. Let's get the championship defended on Night of Champions and then move on to the next victim. That's all it is. This match was made two weeks before the paper. Legitimate. No, what is it? A week? Uh, a week less, than, less than two weeks. We got the pay-per-view. It's May 27th. That's all it is. And I would be not the type of content creator that I am, if I didn't ask this question, does anybody think that this is merely WWE with their Saudi agenda? Now, I know a lot of people are probably going to be like, nah, it's not. But, I mean, how many times has Mustafa Ali been used in these in these roles in Saudi? They could have easily went with anybody else. They could have went with Johnny Gargano. They could have went with Ricochet. They could have went with Bronson Reed for the Intercontinental Championship. They could have went with Apollo Crews. But they go with Mustafa Ali because Saudi Arabia. Does anybody else feel the same way? I don't know. I don't know. That's just the feeling that I got. Now, I'm glad it wasn't a Johnny Gargano. I'm glad it wasn't anybody worth something on the show because... At the end of the day, it's going to be a loss. And I don't want somebody that we actually care about in an intercontinental title match that was built merely to put this match on the show and made in 10 days. I don't care. There was a rumor that Johnny Gargano wrestled Gunther at a house show and that was going to be the match in Saudi Arabia. I'm glad it's not. Johnny Gargano is worth more than that. He is better than that. That's why they chose Ali. Ali's a loser. He's not, but that's the way he's portrayed on TV. He's a loser. So this match was made 10 days to go before the pay-per-view or so, and it's going to equal a loss for Mustafa Ali. Thank you. Come again. Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. I can't tweet nothing about Cody Rhodes anymore, man. You guys are absolutely out of your fucking mind, man. Honestly, I'm starting to think the Cody Rhodes fans or uh, (laughs) stands are worse than these Sasha Banks stands. Anytime I tweet something about Cody Rhodes, (laughs) crying. What are you watching, man? Shut up. 
Like these little fucking geeks just come out of nowhere, man. It's like they come out of hiding. I can't say anything bad about Cody Rhodes. I didn't even say anything bad about Cody Rhodes and people are coming at me with fucking pitchforks and fucking torches on social media. All I said was Cody Rhodes said a lot of nothing on Monday Night Raw tonight. I can't wait for this feud with Brock Lesnar to be over. People are like, oh, well, I I thought it was a good promo. I never said it was a bad promo. Maybe you have a fucking problem reading tweets on social media. I never said anything about it being a bad promo. When is Cody Rhodes ever a bad promo? You're making me want to see Brock Lesnar maim him at Saudi Arabia or in Saudi Arabia at Night of Champions. That's what I'd like to see. Just so that you all shut the fuck up, to be quite honest with you. I don't know how anybody's interested in this shit. I really don't. This is the absolute drizzling shits. And I talked about this today on Twitter Spaces with my guy, Ticket Drew, Andrew Bedella. We were there on Twitter today, right before Monday Night Raw. We're going to talk about this when we get to the Cody segment. But you guys, WWE, listen, I was the leader in this community. And people looked at me like I had six heads. I was the leader, the driving force in... The narrative of Cody needs adversity. He needed adversity. I was tired of hearing, oh, Dusty. Oh, Stardust. Oh, seven years ago. I was tired of hearing it. There was no way this man was coming back to the WWE after being an EVP in a company that WWE tried to kill for four years. There's no way Cody Rhodes was coming back into the WWE and they were going to give him Roman Reigns on and on his first night wrestling Roman Reigns, he was going to beat Roman Reigns. No way. I don't know who the fuck you think you're watching, but uh, this is Vince McMahon. Maybe you don't really know who Vince McMahon is. I've been doing this shit for way too long and watching WWE for way too long. There's no way on any planet that Vince McMahon was going to allow that to happen on his first attempt. No way. Now, as I say that, yes, I ask for adversity, but with every passing week, with every passing week, and I have no problem admitting that I'm wrong. Zero problem. If you guys are right, I'll let you know that you're right. If I'm wrong, I will admit it. But with every passing week, WWE is making me feel like they fucked up. With every passing week, WWE is making me say, you know what? Maybe Cody Rhodes should have won the WWE title or the Universal Undisputed Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania. Because if this was the outcome from that, I'd gladly take Cody winning the fucking title just to get rid of the shit that we're getting now. This shit sucks. The match at Backlash sucked. The match in Saudi's not going to be any better. And I guarantee you, Vince is getting ready for a third match, either at Money in the Bank or at SummerSlam with Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes. I don't know. I can't buy into this shit. It's the same shit every week. And we got no explanation on why Brock Lesnar attacked Cody Rhodes. People are still making up explanations for WWE's lack of explanation. 
I'm going to be asking for it every single week. Where is it? Where is it, Cody? Where is it, Brock? Next week, they'll be in the building at the same time. I want to see if they do it again and give us no explanation. Why did he do it? Why did he do it? Did Cody get Brock's Starbucks order wrong? Maybe he ordered a tall instead of a venti. Maybe he ordered a caramel macchiato when Brock wanted a hot chocolate. Maybe he wanted a muffin. And Cody came back with an everything bagel toasted with cream cheese. I don't know. I don't know. There's got to be a reason. There's got to be a reason. Otherwise, what the fuck are we doing here? Why are we on TV if there's no reason? Why? The most important question in any storyline is why? Did we get the why? No. No. Ridiculous. By the way, I'll take a venti chocolate cream cold brew with extra cold foam, please. That's my Starbucks order for the summertime, just in case anybody's wondering. Outside that, not much happened. Judgment Day, J.D. McDonough teased as the newest member of Judgment Day. Sammy and KO, their momentum has been dumbed down for whatever reason. Don't know why. And we'll go over the rest of Monday Night Raw. In addition to Liv Morgan being injured. They were supposed to defend the tag team championships tonight against Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green, and that match did not happen. I'm sure you were ultimately disappointed tonight that you didn't get to see the women's tag team titles defended on Monday Night Raw. Still no explanation as to why there are two sets of tag team titles on Monday Night Raw. Still no explanation as to why Rhea Ripley's carrying around the SmackDown title on Monday Night Raw. I'd love to know why! Why? Is that so difficult to answer? Am I out of line for asking these questions? I don't know. I don't get it. Thank you guys very much for joining me, man. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get right into it tonight. Uh, we got uh, twenty three hundred in the venue tonight, man. I appreciate you guys very much. Listen, we got this new T-shirt out, man. I pinned the link in the top of the live stream chat. The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom is out for Nintendo Switch. Apparently, it's over eighty hours long. There's no way I'm finishing. I, I didn't even finish Breath of the Wild. But I got it anyway. Big Zelda mark. Some of you guys are as well. This is a limited, and I mean limited, timed release. It is exclusive beyond words. We sold over 50. There's only 100 made. If you guys want your t-shirts, man, you better act fast because they're going quick. Click that link. Get yourself a t-shirt. It's a great way to support the show. And make sure you guys go and get your new JD, Legend of JD from NYT shirt, now available. And when they are gone, man, all 100 are gone, it is gone forever. Until I say so. Maybe we'll redo the design with Jesse on it. Who knows? Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We need 1,000 likes minimum tonight on the podcast. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Memberships are open as always. Always accepting applications to the VIP club. 
There's more content going up now than ever before, man. So make sure you guys go check the homepage. There is plenty of news to get caught up on. Today we released a, a video on Randy Orton. Randy Orton forced to retire. I don't think so, man. I think Randy Orton's coming back. There were videos all weekend long. Go check that out. If you missed anything, it's all on the homepage. If you guys want to catch up on all the news right here on OTS. Tonight's show sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. That is code JD at checkout for your free sample. It's BlueChew.com. I want to thank them as always for being a great friend and a great sponsor right here on Off the Scripts. Issa is in the chat. Issa, how's everything going? We love you. And thoughts and prayers out to Issa's mom. So I want everybody to throw up those prayer emojis for Issa's mom. And I hope she had a lovely and beautiful Mother's Day. Thank you for being here, Issa. It's always good to see Issa in the chat. Always. Let's get into Monday Night Raw, man. Um, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, they opened the show. And I thought this was a very good opening segment to Monday Night Raw. Very fun. Sami Zayn was at a decibel 11. Kevin Owens then joined him as Judgment Day came out. And Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, tag team championships. What are we doing with them? What are we doing with them? WWE has still no uh, no answer to the question of why are Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens carrying around two tag team championships. Everybody thought that this was merely for the perception of the bloodline, Jimmy and Jay Uso. WWE has no idea what they're doing. They still got the Raw and SmackDown tag team championships. You would think after a draft, they'd make at least these answers a little bit more clearer, and they have yet to do that. The titles are not going back to SmackDown. There's no two sets of titles. There's no separate divisions. There's no separate brands. They're just operating with Four titles. They're both carrying around two sets of tag team championships. It's it's ridiculous. Either merge the divisions and get this show back to the way it needs to be with one set of titles or tell us what the fuck is going on. You would think with a draft that these, these questions would be answered and nothing. Same thing with the women. I'll talk about that a little bit later because we've got Rhea Ripley on this show carrying around a title that's not even to this brand or for this brand. Ridiculous. So Sammy and KO will defend against Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Tag team championships will be on the line. Roman's got to do the job that the Usos clearly cannot. Sammy says he's excited because they found out on Friday that they will be defending the undisputed tag team titles in Saudi Arabia against Reigns and Solo. He said on paper, that's as big of a threat to their titles as there is. But he says, they don't see it as a threat. We see it as a gift, he said. Oh, sure, please. Wrap those titles up in a nice big box and a nice big bow for Roman Reigns. He's going to be Roman four belts by the end of Saudi Arabia. He said it's a chance at revenge at Roman Reigns that they thought that they would never get. He said both he and KO should have defeated Roman Reigns for the undisputed title. But he has cheated his way through an entire title reign and has gone unchecked for far too long. So they will check him. He said Reigns has gone unchecked and he doesn't know when to stop. 
He says they thought the only chance they'd get at revenge was watching the bloodline crumble from afar. But now that's happening all by itself. He says it's pushing too far and too hard. He says it's not enough to be champion for 1,000 days. And now he wants the tag team titles as well. He called Roman a psycho, a manipulator. You want these championships? You can't have them. And Sami Zayn is getting very angry, very emphatic in this promo. Then out walks all the members of Judgment Day. Owen zacks them to cut the music. I'm so sick of talking about the bloodline, says Kevin Owens. He says if they are out here and want to fight, listen, we can fight. I want to fight. Let's fight. Sammy told KO, whoa, 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 let me, let me, let me step in here. Uh, th- this is my fault. I started at about a 10, and now you're right there with me. We, we don't know why Judgment Day is out here, so he asked KO, let's hear them out. Let's see what they have to say. Damian Priest, who is leveling up right before our very eyes, it's a great thing to see. Uh, I love all of Judgment Day. I think they're probably uh, right underneath Gunther as my favorite thing on both shows. And, and Priest says, well, actually, yeah, I'd, I'd like to fight. So he's not backing down from anything. Finn Balor entered the ring and le- he said, listen, let's talk. I- I'm actually out here to talk. He says they wanted to wish them the best of luck in their match against Solo and Roman. He says he's confused because last week they said they were done with the bloodline, but now they're back where they started. So... Yeah, you're about to get beat up by Roman Reigns, says Finn Balor. Balor says if they happen to retain their titles at Night of Champions, there will be a long line of superstars waiting for those tag team titles. And the line starts with Judgment Day. Rhea Ripley said Judgment Day runs raw. Sami Zayn said, yeah, that's, uh, that's, gr- that's really great. You, you, you all made fantastic points. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Rhea Ripley was being heavily cheered here. The fans in North Carolina were chanting, Mommy, Mommy. And Sammy says, Well, let's hear from Dominic. I'd love to hear from Dominic. Every time Dominic tried to talk, the boos were loud. I don't really know if this was piped in or not. It sounded kind of piped in. I'm not really sure. KO says he can't hear Dom, so he'd like to punch him in the face. Can I punch him in the face? When KO moved towards Dominic to punch him in the face, Rhea Ripley stepped in between Kevin Owens and Dominic. Priest then just levels Sammy with a big forearm, and the Judgment Day beat up Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens 
to start Monday Night Raw. Sami Zayn uh, eventually clears the ring with a steel chair and starts swinging a steel chair wildly against the Judgment Day. And that's the way the opening segment came to a close. I thought this was a great segment. I, I really did. Uh, I don't really know what we're doing with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They're, it, it's almost as if WWE doesn't know what they want to do with them. Do they want them on Monday Night Raw to wrestle the Judgment Day? Then they're getting into a feud with Imperium. And then they're doing the bloodline thing. It's like they're all over the place. There's not one set thing for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to do. So now tonight, it's Judgment Day. Now, listen, I am okay with, you know, champions being fighting champions and taking on all comers for the tag team championships. But Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, their momentum has gone downhill coming out of WrestleMania. I don't know why that is. I don't know why they are not feeling the same after they won the championships. But this is the typical WWE thing. Every time baby faces win a title, no matter if it's a singles title or tag team titles, they just don't know. The company doesn't know how to book baby face champions. And I went over this over the weekend. There was a report. That Vince McMahon being back in creative, whether you want to believe it or not, he's back. Vince McMahon being back in creative, some in the locker room are looking at that as a good thing. And the report also, in that same report, stated that Vince McMahon and Triple H's booking styles are different. Vince McMahon wants to push a big baby face and go heavy on baby faces, while Triple H wants to make sure the heels are the top priority. And I agree with that. Because if you got a great heel, then everything else is going to fall in line. A great heel, like Roman, like Gunther, they're going to make whoever they are in the ring with better. And look at what Gunther has done with everybody he's been in the ring with. Look at what Roman has done with everybody he has been in the ring with. I don't know why they can't get the championships on a baby face and then maintain that momentum. And now you're seeing it firsthand with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. It's not like they're being booed or the crowd doesn't like them. It's just going nowhere. It's very lukewarm. Tonight was all right in North Carolina. North Carolina is a big wrestling town. But for the majority of the weeks that we've seen coming out of WrestleMania, it just does not feel the same. And I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. And I don't know what we do. I don't know what we do. WWE cannot run this Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens thing with the bloodline much longer. After Saudi, it ends. I don't know how it ends. I don't know if the Usos cost Roman and Solo accidentally the tag team championships where Solo eats the pin because we know Roman's not eating the pin in Saudi Arabia. But after Saudi, this shit has to come to an end. And I don't know what you do with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Clearly, you're seeing some Teases about where they may go. Judgment Day, Imperium. I don't know. But WWE has a notorious problem of booking babyfaces. This is why I am not. I am not confident, even in Cody winning the championship, because it happened to everybody else before an eventual Cody Rhodes victory for the world championship. How do we how do we stop the bleeding? With Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. How do we get them and their momentum to be where it was? I don't know. I don't know. 
This is where this is what happens when WWE puts all their eggs in the bloodline basket. Everything else around it suffers. If they put that much effort into the bloodline like they did the bloodline with everybody else, then maybe we wouldn't be in this situation. If WWE gave us a clear-cut answer as to what we're doing with the tag team titles and the tag team divisions, maybe that will open things up for a little bit more excitement in the tag team realm. Because I don't know what we're doing. Two titles on the same team. Meanwhile, we got two shows, two brands, and they're carrying around both sets of tag team championships. Let's get those tag team championships to mean something because right now it looks stupid. I understand those titles being on the Usos to sell that storyline, but now Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have beaten the Usos. They don't need to carry four four tag team titles with them. Let's get the divisions where they need to be, and then they can welcome all comers. Because then it would make sense. I don't know. I really don't know. It's just WWE just sucks at booking babyfaces. But this was fun. This opening segment was really fun. With the Judgment Day, clearly it set up the main event for tonight's Monday Night Raw. It was Damian Priest and Finn Balor versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in a non-title match. Shinsuke Nakamura. He went one-on-one with The Miz. This was actually not bad. I mean, I didn't care about it, but it wasn't terrible by any stretch of the imagination. Miz is actually doing some decent work. A loser is The Miz, and he's been treated like a jobber for way too long, so it's going to be very difficult to build him back up as a credible in-ring guy because they had him lose to Snoop Dogg and some other fucking people at WrestleMania, and he's just a loser. So there's no credibility there. And he's trying to get back into the good graces. It's almost as if WWE's trying to tell you, yeah, Mike Mizanin is still a decent wrestler. Great. But you treated him like shit. So nobody is going to really take him seriously. And all anybody's going to see is a loser. Nakamura. Obviously, Triple H is going to push Nakamura. He's going to be a major star on this show. He's going to be top billing, top priority. And that's exactly what happened here. He beats The Miz in about 10 minutes. Miz took control for a little bit before a commercial break. Nakamura went back on offense. Miz was fighting out of some offense by Nakamura, fought out of an armbar, hit a DDT. He goes for recovery, gets a near fall. Miz used the uh, very awful and clearly stolen yes kicks. He calls them the it kicks. Nakamura ducked the last it kick and then hit an enziguri for two. Nakamura then blocked the skull-crushing finale. That was the second attempt of the skull-crushing finale by The Miz. And then he hit a sliding German suplex, which is one of his signature moves. Miz held on to the ring skirt as the referee went to fix it. Miz poked Nakamura in the eye, trying to cheat to win. He then hits the skull-crushing finale, but Nakamura's leg was on the bottom rope to break up the cover. Nakamura quickly followed with a Kinshasa, and that was basically it for the one 2 3 Shinsuke beats The Miz. The Miz is a loser. I don't know where we go with Nakamura. It is going to be very difficult for guys like Nakamura or anybody in that secondary title realm to go anywhere when Gunther's holding the Intercontinental Championship right now and nobody is beating him at least until September when Gunther breaks the honky-tonk men's record. So that's not happening. 
So it's either Nakamura racks up some victories and he gets a world championship match against whomever the champion is, whether it's AJ Styles or Seth Rollins. That remains to be seen at Night of Champions. But Nakamura right now, I just get a sense that he's going to be floating around, doing a lot of nothing. He's going to be in this holding pattern until WWE gets a world champion on Monday night. And maybe he goes for that. Maybe he goes and wrestles Gunther again for the IC title. I don't know. But I just feel Nakamura is going to be in a holding pattern until WWE decides what they want to do with him. But he beats The Miz tonight in 10 minutes. And it was not a terrible match by any stretch. Uh, Pretty decent here to open Monday Night Raw. There was a lot of good promo work on this show. There was a lot of vignettes on this show. The first thing that we saw tonight as far as a vignette, there was a Seth Rollins sit down with Corey Graves. This was excellent. And I love the fact that they are doing this because Rollins can't show up on SmackDown and AJ can't show up on Raw. So I hope that WWE continues to push the narrative of going over what happened to Seth Rollins and how Seth Rollins became who he is today. They're documenting his WWE run. Hopefully they do the same thing with AJ on Friday night. I thought this was a great sit down with Corey Graves. So we saw some vintage clips of the old, and I mean old, beginning days of black and gold. He declared himself the next WWE breakout star. Then they showed current footage of fans singing his song. And Graves said many consider him a generation-defining talent. Seth was wearing some pretty bizarre clothing for this interview. And he had big glasses on. And we saw clips of Seth back in 2012 in NXT. Some of these clips included Dusty Rhodes and Triple H raising his arm after beating Jinder Mahal for the NXT championship. Seth Rollins said he pushed the industry forward and paved the way. Graves then asked Rollins about arriving on Raw and SmackDown shortly thereafter as one of the most dominating members of a dominating faction in The Shield. Uh, If you guys were wondering if they edited out Dean Ambrose, they did not. They showed Jon Moxley on all of these clips tonight, as they should, because he uh, was a very vital member of what was The Shield. So I'm glad that they didn't leave him out. If this was Vince McMahon, they would have left him out. They would have been petty. But Triple H, obviously pushing the narrative of vignettes and sit-down promos, you can't rewrite your own history. It happened. Deal with it. So Seth said he gets asked more than anything else about why he turned on the shield. Seth said, if you want to reach ultimate success, you have to take chances. And then he asks, and this is a very interesting question. And looking back in retrospect, it's a very interesting question. If I hadn't put that chair to Roman's back, if I didn't turn on Roman and Dean Ambrose, what would the future have looked like? Graves asks why the time is right now for a new world title and why Seth is the right person. And that was going to be part two later on in the evening with those questions being asked. It's amazing. It's something that is a great topic of discussion. What would the future look like if Rollins didn't turn on Roman and Dean Ambrose? 
I don't know if we would be with Rollins the way he is right now, to be honest with you. It's a very interesting question. Gunther! He made his ring entrance with the rest of Imperium. Ludwig Kaiser introduced Gunther to Monday Night Raw. Ladies and gentlemen. Is that a good Ludwig Kaiser? I don't know. I don't know. Gunther is out there. He's got a microphone. Kaiser handed him a microphone. Perhaps an introduction is due, he says. He says he dominated SmackDown for almost a year as the longest reigning intercontinental champion of the modern era. He says he will continue his mission on Raw. He said no man on Raw has yet to be identified as his next challenger, nor has any, nor has any earned his respect. He says that could change with the Battle Royal coming up next. Ladies and gentlemen. Battle Royal. I hate Battle Royals, man. I really do. I think Battle Royals are so cringe. And my point was proven with the first few eliminations in this Battle Royal. This was largely a waste of time up until about the final five, six, maybe seven guys. That's about it. So after the break, we get, obviously, Ricochet coming out. He got an entrance. Bronson Reed got an entrance. Apollo Crews got an entrance. So you could see who they gave entrances to. Maybe, maybe they got big plans for Apollo Crews. I have no idea. No idea. But obviously, they love Ricochet. Clearly, Triple H loves Bronson Reed. So they got introductions. So Apollo Crews got a ring entrance. And Matt Riddle got a ring entrance. So Riddle started taunting Imperium at ringside. And I mean, I could have seen Riddle win this thing, man. Riddle versus Gunther for the Intercontinental title. Sign me up. So we got the bell ringing. And Baron Corbin quickly eliminated Akira Tozawa. Goodbye. Corbin was then eliminated by Dexter Loomis. And poor, poor Baron Corbin, man. He cannot catch a break. Massey and Mansoir of the Maximum Male Models dumped Dexter Loomis over the top rope. Chad Gable and Otis tossed them out. And Massey and Mansoir, or Mansoir, went over the top rope. Mansoir's feet never hit the ground as Massey caught him and held him up. But when Dexter Loomis stared at Marseille, carrying Mansoir, he dropped Mansoir to the ground, ultimately eliminating him. This was a battle royal. This actually happened in the battle royal, folks. It was like, it was like uh, fucking some circus-like act in the first three or four minutes of this battle royal. And then you wonder why I hate battle royals. Because you got shit like the Maximum Male Models in a fucking battle royal for the Intercontinental Championship. I don't know why. I don't know why you include guys like Massey and Mansoir of the Maximum Male Models in a fucking battle royal to go and see who wrestles Gunther for the Intercontinental title when we all know that they are never going to be that guy or those guys. 
I don't know why we just didn't dwindle this down to whatever. You could have did a, a fucking 60-second interval battle royal with one guy coming out every 60 seconds. Now, we got to get 30 guys in there, 25 guys, however many guys are in there, and we got to make a fucking circus act out of it. It's not even funny. It's just embarrassing. So they were gone. Goodbye. J.D. McDonough. He was in this thing. He eliminated Humberto Carrillo with a headbutt. And while they battled on the ring apron, Dolph Ziggler eliminated J.D. McDonough. Von Wagner was in there. He eliminated Dolph Ziggler. Put the lotion in the baskets, Von Wagner. Yeah, he's out there. He's a free agent, by the way. Von Wagner's a free agent. So Von Wagner eliminated Dolph Ziggler. J.D. McDonough then attacked Dolph Ziggler at ringside, repeatedly ramming his head into the ringside steps. The Irish ace. This guy's copyright infringing my fucking gimmick, bro. Holy shit. I'm the New York ace, and I'm the real J.D. This is the fake J.D., by the way, okay? Just want you guys to be aware. The Viking Raiders, they eliminated Zion Quinn. Who? Zion Quinn. Do you know who he is? Don't worry about it. I'm, who the fuck is he, man? Fuck do I know? Don't worry about it, man. You don't, you don't need to know who he is. Zion Quinn. They eliminated Shelton Benjamin then. Next, did the Viking Raiders. Then they turned to Gable and Otis. Gable tried to back suplex Eric off the apron. Eric held on. He fought back. Valhalla was laughing at Chad Gable. Otis then eliminated Eric. Ivar knocked Gable off the ring apron. Otis and Ivar battled. Bronson Reed then b- tossed them both over the top row. Who? Zion Quinn. I'm not talking about Zion Quinn anymore. Who, who gives a shit? Zion Quinn. Bronson Reed tossed him over the top rope. So the rest of the guys in the ring, they all tried to attack uh, Bronson Reed. Johnny Gargano and Mustafa Ali then went back and forth with each other. Gargano speared Ali. Ricochet gave him a shooting star press. Riddick Moss was in there. He attacked Ricochet. Bronson Reed slammed Riddick Moss. Apollo Crews is still in there. He gave Bronson Reed a nice-looking blockbuster off the top rope. Elias... He went after Cruz. Cruz, t- Cruz talk, uh, tossed him over the top rope. Bronson Reed then clotheslined Cruz over the top rope. Bronson Reed then fended off Ali, Gargano, and Ricochet. Riddle then hit Bron, uh, Bronson Reed with a uh, flurry of strikes. He hit a floating bro. Moss then checked Riddle hard with a shoulder tackle. He charged again. Riddle backdropped him over the top rope. Goodbye, Riddick Moss. Gargano went after Riddle. Riddle head scissored him over the top rope. Imperium stared down at Gargano. I was surprised when Gargano got eliminated, but kind of not. I'm glad he didn't win. Vinci and Kaiser. Then, because there's no rules, they went after Riddle, who was on the apron. The referees were uh, getting in the, the face of Imperium. Bronson Reed knocked Riddle off the ring apron, eliminating Bronson Reed. Ricochet then gave Bronson a high knee. And a dropkick, he's hanging on by one hand. He's teetering on the apron back and forth. Ali joined Ricochet and dumping Bronson Reed over the top. But Bronson Reed landed on the ring apron. Ricochet, springboard dropkick Bronson Reed. He did not fall down. Bronson Reed then lifted Ricochet on his shoulders while he was standing on the ring apron. 
Ali then dropkicked both of them off the ring apron and eliminated both at the same time. And Ali is going on to Night of Champions. They gave him a big pyro blast. And Ali's going on to Night of Champions to wrestle Gunta for the Intercontinental Championship. I would say the last three to four minutes was really good here. Outside that, it was a complete waste of time. These battle royals never really do anything to highlight anybody. It's just a ton of filler up until the last couple of guys, really, the last four, five, six guys. Because there's a bunch of nobodies in there that nobody knows, nobody cares about, nobody expects to win. So battle royals largely are a waste of time. But I thought the ending of this battle royal was really well done, Nicely executed with Bronson Reed acting like a beast in there, hanging on, catching Ricochet on the apron. Uh, They couldn't eliminate him together, but when he caught Ricochet to try and eliminate him, Ali seated opening and knocked both of them off the ring apron. And the weight of Ricochet on Bronson Reed's shoulders was too much for him to hang on, and he falls outside. I thought this was a very good ending. Now, Ali's going to Night of Champions to basically ultimately lose to Gunther and not win the Intercontinental title. The only reason why Ali was chosen here is two reasons. One, it's an easy it's an easy victim. They don't really give a shit about Ali. Ali is going to go in there, hopefully give a good match, solid match, really make the most of it. Maybe this is what they use to catapult him to the next level if they want to give him a push. But he's a reliable worker. He's going to give a great match if you ask him to. Hopefully that's the case. And it's there's no liability here. Like, Gunther is not losing this championship at least until September. I don't know who's going to take the title off of him. I don't. I mean, it could be anybody. And whoever it is is going to be in for one massive fucking rub from WWE because that is a long time. I mean, this man is undefeated for 300-plus fucking days here. The honky-tonk man's record is nothing to laugh at. It's over 400 days. 450-some-odd days, I believe it is. So, I don't know who takes that title off Gunther, but it's not Ali. Great match, no liability, and WWE, in typical fashion, uses somebody like Ali in Saudi Arabia because, you know, they got to push that narrative. So, there you go. Decent stuff here up until about the, I'd say, three to four minutes left to go in this match. And Ali wins the Battle Royal, gets the IC title match with Gunther at Night of Champions. Now, we did see, I hope this is the case as well. We'll end with this here with the IC title. Johnny Gargano, I could see that. I could see Johnny Gargano being the guy to beat Gunther. I could see that. I I would love that, but I think he is more valuable in a tag team with Tommaso Ciampa getting DIY back together. I could see Matt Riddle winning the the Intercontinental title. I could see it. You know, we got a a decent mid-card on Monday Night Raw. It could be Nakamura. There's a ton of guys. Drew McIntyre is over there. Drew McIntyre, when he's back and healthy, he could be the guy to beat Drew McIntyre and Gunther at uh, whatever the pay-per-view is going to be in September. I could see him winning and taking down Gunther. There's a lot of guys over there. So there's no shortage of opponents. It's just ultimately up to WWE who they want. Becky Lynch. She made her ring entrance. We got a clip of Becky Lynch returning last week and attacking Trish Stratus. We got a Becky chant in North Carolina. She said, part 
of being the man is to admit when you've been going through some stuff. She says that they all have their struggles behind closed doors, small, medium, and big. We put on the face we need to put on so we can do what we need to do to become the people we need to be. And sometimes when it becomes overwhelming and we feel we can't do it on our own anymore, we have to ask for help. She said she asked for help from two legends, Lita and Trish. She said Lita was great and they won gold together. She said Trish came back and she hadn't skipped a beat. She said she was so clouded in her judgment that she couldn't see what a snake in the grass Trish Stratus was. She said Trish came back to help herself like the backstabbing eagle maniac that she is. Said she wanted to thank Trish because when she hit her in the back, barely, she turned a light on that hadn't been on for many, many months. She said when Trish called her daughter stupid, she reminded her that the only thing that matters is standing up for the people who matter. The only thing that's stupid is this story and this fucking feud. She said she gave all the badness in her head and face and a target. She said Trish was once number one in the business and she wants to be number one again. She said she will be it regardless of holding a title And if Trish wants to try and be that again, she's got it. She said she'll kick her in the head at Knights of Champions. I don't care. I don't care. Now, there was a rumor that this match was going to go all the way till SummerSlam. Somebody in WWE wisened up and we're getting this match at Night of Champions. Great. Where do we go from here? I don't know. Anything that Becky Lynch latches onto is just blah. It is very difficult for me to care. And I don't know what WWE's doing with the SmackDown title on Raw and the Raw title on SmackDown. I don't know what we're doing. But Rhea Ripley right now doesn't really have any solid competition on Monday Night Raw. And we got a lot of nothing going on with that women's championship going into this show. I mean, they got Natalia. Feuding with Rhea Ripley over the SmackDown Women's Championship. Do we get Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch at Money in the Bank? I don't know. I don't know. I tell you right now, what I'd do is I'd fucking merge the divisions and merge. There's got to be a fucking reason why these titles are still on the opposite show. There's got to be a reason why the NXT Women's Tag Team titles are on the main roster. Does anybody care to answer these questions? What I would do, and I mean this, I don't know, I don't give a fuck where it happens. Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, SummerSlam, unification match, women's championship. The winner of that match is the undisputed women's champion, the WWE women's champion. None of this Raw and SmackDown shit. Same thing should happen with the tag team titles. One title. One title. One women's title. One tag team title. The divisions float between Raw and SmackDown. The tag team divisions float between Raw and SmackDown. That has been the resolution for years. I don't know when the company will finally own up to their mistakes and figure out that this is the way. The NXT women's tag team titles, they need to be merged 
or absolved into the, or absorbed into the women's tag team titles on the main roster. Get rid of them. The most useless set of titles in the entire industry are both of those women's tag team titles. We need answers. Otherwise, what the fuck are we doing here? Unification match between Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley at SummerSlam. Book it. Book it. And then you have one champion, and then you can do whatever the fuck you want. They could show up on Raw. They could show up on SmackDown. Have a blast. I don't know why we're doing this fucking Raw and SmackDown shit with the Raw title on SmackDown and the SmackDown title on Raw. Give me a fucking resolution. It looks stupid. I don't get it. The more titles you have, the less they mean. You consolidate these titles, the more valuable they will be. I would gladly give up the tag team titles in the women's division and fucking delete them. Burn them. I would love to take those titles and fucking set them on fire for 4th of July. I really wish. I really wish I could do that. Get rid of them and make an intercontinental championship for the women. With the divisions merged, it would work beautifully. Start building some fucking women up to start being the next in line, the next Becky, the next Bianca, the next Oscar, the next Alexa, the next Charlotte, the next Sasha, the next Bailey. Who do we got? Who do we got? Charlotte, Rhea, Bailey, Bianca, Oscar, Rhea. Unless you're in that core group, WWE doesn't give a shit about you. A women's intercontinental championship would do wonders. For a Shotzi, for a Candice LeRae, for an Io Shirai, for a Dakota Kai, for a Liv Morgan, for a Raquel Rodriguez. <laughs> you know? You know, I don't talk out my ass. We talk about a lot of things that make sense here. This makes sense. I've been preaching this shit since 2016. I don't give a shit about Trish or Becky. I don't. Get Trish off TV, and I don't really give a shit about Becky. Everything that she's a part of is just boring. Kathy Kelly interviewed Rhea Ripley. She was backstage about Natalia. She interviewed her about Natalia. Ripley said Natalia has had an impressive career, but she needs to stay in her lane. Natalia walked in, I grabbed the pillow, and I fell asleep. She said, this isn't about lanes. She said, Ripley is the most dominant woman to ever hold that title, and she deserves respect. All right, let, let's stop calling Rhea Ripley the most dominant woman ever, okay? What has she done with the title? Nothing. WWE loves these narratives. Something she hasn't been affording her opponents recently, respect. Ripley told Natalia not to act like she ran to the ring last week to help Dana Brooke. She said Natalia went after her because she thinks that Rhea Ripley can make her relevant again. She said if she interrupts her again, though, she won't help boost her career. She will end it. Dominic walked in. Took Rhea by the hand, and they walked off holding hands together, making a small portion of the IWC jealous. Natalia is boring. The only reason why this is happening is because Night of Champions, no liability there, Natalia. So we got Mustafa Ali and Natalia, the no liability crew. 
going over to Saudi Arabia to help do the deed. Great. It's exactly how I want to spend my Saturday afternoon, watching boring, predictable matches. Backstage, Ali approached Gable and Otis. He says he used to be a loser, like both of them. I don't know where Ali thinks he is, but he is still a loser. Then he started thinking more positively, and now he's a winner. He strutted away from the camera, and then he turns the corner, and he runs right into Imperium. Gunther says he's going to lose and get the beating that goes along with it. He told Ali that he feels bad that Gunther has to go all the way to Night of Champions and go back only to lose the Intercontinental Championship. He told him, stay positive, stay positive. I should stay positive, man, but it's very difficult to stay positive on a Monday night while you got to watch three hours of fucking Raw. Very difficult to stay positive. Ali is not winning and Gunther is going to give him the beating of a lifetime. Dominic Mysterio. He's with Rhea Ripley against Xavier Woods. Another one-on-one match. Didn't we get this match last week? Why are we getting this match again? It's went about 11 minutes. I mean, the match means nothing. Or does it? I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. There's a reason why this match is happening, though. So, Woods, he tried to go after Dominic on the outside, but Rhea Ripley got in his face. We got a commercial break. Woods was in control, and he was on offense on Dominic, and he had a rolling clothesline for a two-count. Dominic then comes back with the three amigos, but Woods got his knees up on a frog splash after the three amigos. Woods followed with a gut buster. He goes for a cover. He gets a two-count. Woods then sets up for the springboard elbow drop. But like last week, when we got this match before, this is the second week in a row we got this match, Ripley pulled Dominic out of the ring. Same spot, same sequence. Woods hit Dominic with a dive, got into Rhea Ripley's face as they had a face-to-face. As Dominic gets back in the ring and distracts the referee, Ripley hit Woods and rolled him back in the ring. Dom followed with a inside cradle for a 1-2-3, and he gets the cheap victory. There you go. Mario De Leon. I don't know where you heard I didn't want an IC title belt for the women when I've been expressing that for the last six weeks, bro. Maybe you're new here, man. Why are we talking about the women's te- why are we talking about the women's intercontinental title when I'm talking about Dominic and Xavier Woods? I'm sorry, did you uh did it go one in one ear and out the other? Who said I ne- where did I ever say I never wanted an intercontinental title? I don't want women's tag team titles. I never did. The biggest waste of titles in the industry are those women's tag team titles. Start paying attention or I may have to dump you. Dominic wins. Why are we getting this match two weeks in a row? Is Kofi Kingston on his way to coming back? I don't know. Are we getting New Day versus Judgment Day on Raw? Is this going to be the lead-in for Big E? to come back 
Maybe we get Biggie and Kofi coming back with Xavier. Maybe that is going to be his equalizer to Judgment Day. I don't know. I don't know. There's got to be a reason why this match happened two weeks in a row. Or maybe Vince caught a fucking weekly dose or case of dementia and he forgot that he booked this match last week. How many rematches have we seen under the Triple H administration? Not many. Xavier Woods and Dominic. Now, two weeks in a row, we got a fucking rematch. And we just were removed from a six-hour draft. And we got a rematch two weeks in a row. And I'm the fucking crazy one. There was a J.D. McDonough video package that was tremendous stuff. A vignette out on J.D. McDonough. He says he he bought for a long time that if you do the right thing and work hard and treat others with respect, you'll get your turn. He said the years ticked on and he saw guys unfit to lace his boots, get opportunities ahead of him. So he realized he was performing for an audience of fools. And now what you're left with is this. I am the cause of force, pain, and suffering. I am the disruptor. I dig the graves. The Irish ace is here to stay. I thought this was a tremendous vignette. J.D. McDonough, very good, very intense delivery, And this is exactly what we need to see, not only with J.D. McDonough, we need to see this with a lot of the up-and-coming NXT talent. We need to see this for Apollo Crews that we saw. We need to see this in The Share. We need to see this with Grayson Waller. We need to see this with Cameron Grimes. We need to see this with Von Wagner and Zion Quinn and all those guys. Odyssey Jones. This is what we need to see. So hopefully this is a step in the right direction in getting these guys some stable footing on the main roster. Something as simple as that will go a long way and continue to do that. I thought this was great. Kathy Kelly. She chased down J.D. McDonough as he was leaving the parking garage. Now, J.D. McDonough, he got eliminated in the Battle Royal and he attacked Dolph Ziggler by repeatedly bashing his, his head into the steel steps on the outside. Kathy Kelly approached McDonough as he was leaving the building. She asked why he targeted Dolph Ziggler. He said he came to Raw to make a statement, and Ziggler has done it all. He's listed all the titles he's won, and there's no better choice of victim than somebody like Dolph Ziggler. He says he'll show everyone why you should never bet against an ace. Now, that is a lie. I love that line, man. Never bet against an ace. This guy, man, I'm telling you, man, if you don't know J.D. McDonough, you're going to know. This guy is great. Balor, he was looking at J.D. leave the building. Not me. I wasn't there. He's looking at McDonough leave the building, and he wandered into the frame, and he was looking at his student, his pupil, Leaving the building, leaving the parking garage. Now, that clearly is a tease as to who the next member of Judgment Day is. They started the tease, they started the build, and that's exactly what's going on. J.D. McDonough is going to be the newest member of Judgment Day, and I think it is an excellent choice. 
I think so. Gimmick fits, the intensity fits, the vibe fits. It's just, it's perfect. Absolutely perfect. And Judgment Day is so hot that J.D. McDonald will be a star before you know it. We got Indus Share with Jinder Mahal. It's exactly what I want to see on Monday Night Raw. Jinder. No thank you. They made their way to the ring. And they wrestled two jobbers. Total squash match. And that was it. Don't really know what you want me to go over here. They destroyed these guys. LeVar Barbie and Drake Thompson were their names. As if anybody cares. Double team moves. Just absolutely throwing these guys around. Their finish was a... uh, I don't know, it was Sangha holding one of these guys across his knee with Veer coming off the second rope with a big uh, leg drop, and that was it. One, two, three. Jinder Mahal had a few words in Hindi after the match was over. Jinder went over to the commentary team after and says, they will run the show, they are the future, and their future will be draped in gold. Crowd was mid. And the crowd went mild for Jinder Mahal and Indus Share. Presentation is good. Don't care. We've seen this before time and time and time again. These types of tag teams do not last on the main roster with Vince McMahon's shadow looming over creative. This will be a pet project for Vince McMahon and then he will get bored with it within two months and then you'll see them back on NXT. Backstage, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, they were chatting. Imperium walked up to both Sami and KO. Owens asked, what? Gunther says they disrespected his men last week. Owens says they'll fight them again next week. Sami says they'll find a partner. Gunther smiled and said, yes, I agree to it. Who's going to be their mystery partner? Is it going to be Xavier Woods? Is it going to be Matt Riddle? Or is it genuinely going to be a surprise? I don't know. Cody. Cody steps off the Lex Express that's parked in the parking lot. Not really, but he stepped off a bus. Cody made his ring entrance. He's smiling. He's waving. He's slapping hands. He's slapping the fans' hands. Whoa! Cody Rhodes. He's only a theme. It's all he is now. He's a fucking theme. It's all he is. He's 30 seconds of a theme. Cody Rhodes. So Cody's in the ring. He smiled. Then he asked Greensboro, North Carolina, what do you want to talk about? He says he knows that area. This is the fabled first home of Starcade. He said Lesnar has elected not to be here, though. I don't blame him. Cody told a story. Story time with Cody Rhodes. He asked Lesnar if he sees himself as the hunter. Let me ask you something, Brock. How's your face? He said when Lesnar looks in the mirror, he sees an alpha male, but he should also see a black eye and staples. He says when he looks in the mirror, he sees the man who put them there and busted Lesnar's face and maybe broke his own spirit. 
He said he gladly accepts Lesnar's challenge at Night of Champions. Well, I mean, I mean, they had the graphic ready to go last week. Now you're accepting the match while they just showed us the graphic all week long? Of course you accepted, Cody Rhodes. Of course you did. He says he's not going to go out of bounds on Lesnar because there's been a lot of chatter about his ego and flexing his influence and having a lack of dates. He said Lesnar is, first of all, a lack of dates, really? Lesnar's been there more than Roman Reigns. A lack of dates. He hasn't missed one premium live event all fucking year. He said Lesnar is better than 99.9% of the wrestlers, but at Backlash, Lesnar was not better than him. He said Lesnar called it a cheap win, a wrestling counter to a wrestling move in a wrestling ring. Somewhere Vince had a heart attack because the word wrestling was used three times in the same fucking sentence. How cheap that is. He said even if he beat him 20 seconds, he still would have hunted him because this isn't about a championship, but rather who is the big thing on Monday Night Raw. I don't give a fuck. I don't think Brock Lesnar gives a shit who the big thing on Monday Night Raw is. He's a free agent. Why does he give a shit who the next big thing is on Monday Night Raw? He's a free agent. How stupid. Why would Brock care about what happens on Monday Night Raw when he's got ties to SmackDown to? He don't give a fuck. A cheap win. Brock Lesnar's calling this a cheap win. How's it a cheap win? Cody countered the Kimura lock and caught Lesnar in a pin. It worked. It was legit. Now, but it's a cheap win. Let's put a damper on wrestling maneuvers, getting the job done at Backlash. He says, they always call Lesnar the next big thing. He says they were right, but eventually they just say next. He says he has conquered WWE, but they are at a point where he needs him to take his busted face and step aside because he's not the big thing anymore, but rather he's simply in his way. Good, end it, and move on. I posted about this promo on social media tonight when it was over. I said, a lot of nothing said by Cody Rhodes. I can't wait for this Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes feud to be over. All I got was crying from the Cody Marks and the geeks and all this other shit. Oh, but it was a great promo. Cody, Cody, can I ask you a question, Cody? What was said here outside the norm? What did Cody say here any different than the last three promos? He cut on Brock Lesnar. What was so great about this? It wasn't bad. Cody Rhodes is never, I don't, Cody Rhodes will never deliver a bad promo. Seriously. But what made this, oh my God, Cody had a great promo. Nothing was said. Legitimately, Nothing was said. There were no new layers added to the story. There was no explanation. There was nothing. He talked about the staples. He talked about the black eye. And he talked about Lesnar calling it a cheap win. We know Lesnar's in Cody's way. I don't need him to reiterate that to me. I want to know why. Why is this happening? 
I'm going to ask it every fucking week until I get an explanation. Why? I don't give a shit about the staples. I don't give a shit about the black eye. I don't give a fuck how many times they wrestle. There needs to be a reason as to why Brock Lesnar has attacked Cody Rhodes. Now we're going into match two, and we still don't have the answer to that question. So how can I care? How can I care about something that WWE has failed on giving us an explanation on? I don't know what we do with Cody, man. I really don't. This whole thing is just completely ass backwards. Cody's momentum has gone downhill with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens coming out of WrestleMania. I said this in the open. WWE is making me take back everything I said about Cody needing adversity. If this, if I had a crystal ball and I seen that this was the outcome with this lack of storytelling following WrestleMania, I would have easily said with everybody else, Cody needs to win the world heavyweight title at WrestleMania. He needs to be the guy. Roman's reign needs to end. You're going to make me take everything I said back about Cody Rhodes. If this was the outcome, if I knew this was where they were going, I would have absolutely sided with everyone that said, Cody needs to win. But what are we doing here? Is this it? Does Brock win? Does Cody beat Brock twice? I mean, that's that's a little outlandish there, man. Can you see Brock Lesnar losing twice in a row to Cody Rhodes? The first time was clean. Do you see this happening again in Saudi? I have a feeling that WWE, (laughs) Vince, have a feeling Vince is going to book this match again for a third time. And at that point, I can't, I can't even, I can't even fathom how anybody's going to care. He needs to beat Brock and move the fuck on. This roadblock that everybody runs to or runs into by the name of Brock Lesnar, it is fucking boring. It is the same shit over and over again. Brock's big. Brock's tough. Brock's a beast. I don't give a shit. We've been there, done that, and his matches are fucking garbage. Every single time. It's the same match every single time. But WWE, Vince McMahon, is booking Cody as this fucking conquering baby face. And he thinks this is the way that the fans are going to maintain their, oh, Cody needs to win the title. I honestly care less about Cody's fucking chase for the title now than I did going into WrestleMania. Whatever they're doing now is having the opposite effect. Now, I'm not some fucking six-year-old child. I mean, the children love Cody Rhodes. The fucking geeks who don't know any better uh, love Cody Rhodes. But I, a smart fan... Don't give a shit about Cody Rhodes and his title chase anymore. You wasted too much time. You've given us no explanation as to what's going on here for two pay-per-views. Why would I care? What do we do with Cody Rhodes? What do we do if he beats Brock Lesnar? What do we do with Cody and Roman? I talked about this earlier in the day on the Twitter spaces with Drew Bedell. Cody could win money in the bank. Cody can win money in the bank. He could cash in at SummerSlam, and that's the right time to do it. I don't really want to hear anybody say, oh, you got to take it till WrestleMania. No. No, I'm sorry, man. This this shit with Brock Lesnar is fucking wearing people thin. You're going to take Cody to WrestleMania 
to do Roman and Cody then for the world title? What happened? Why Why not this year? Why not? Th- Cody has nobody else lined up for him as a world title opponent for WrestleMania. It's got to be Roman. It's got to be then. Let's do it at SummerSlam. Finish the story and let's get the job done. Now, Cody can win money in the bank. Or I brought this up and I know I mentioned this last week. I know some of my fans mentioned this last week, and it's a very interesting proposal. A very interesting proposal. Cody beats Brock at Night of Champions. AJ Styles beats Seth Rollins for the World's Heavyweight Championship. Now I know AJ's a SmackDown guy, and the title is exclusive to Monday Night Raw, but AJ would win the title, And WWE did mention that with the draft this year, there will be trades and there will be transfers, which they have not acknowledged yet with the women's titles at all or the tag team titles. But Triple H did state that there would be transfers. AJ wins the title. Everybody's choosing Seth because Seth is on Raw and Seth, to the fan base, according to the fan base, deserves the title. But a lot of people would love AJ Styles to win it. You'd be surprised at how many people would love AJ Styles to win the world title. He wins the world title and you transfer him and the rest of the OC over to Monday Night Raw. Now, if AJ is moving to Raw, if he wins the world title, clearly somebody has to come over from Raw to SmackDown. That person would be Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes thinks he is evading Brock Lesnar by going to SmackDown. But Brock Lesnar's a free agent. Brock Lesnar can still continue the feud with Cody Rhodes on SmackDown as long as SmackDown has Cody Rhodes and Cody Rhodes is on the same brand as Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, right? So Roman Reigns and Cody would be on the same brand via this transfer of AJ Styles to Raw. You just five for one. That's a, a steal. It's a steal. It's not, even a, it's not even a fair trade to be quite honest with you, but it's a steal. So Cody's on SmackDown. He's on the same brand as Roman, and then you can build Roman and Cody then for SummerSlam without having to give him money in the bank. Because I know a lot of people are like, well, why don't you just give Cody money in the bank? Yeah, that'd be great. But the money in the bank contract normally is used to put on somebody up and coming as your next guy. Why would you want to waste that on Cody Rhodes? Does it make sense? Sure. Would I like to see Cody cash in on Roman Reigns? Sure. But if he beats Brock Lesnar twice, I think he's pretty much set himself up for a championship match regardless, no matter what. So why would he need the money in the bank? Cody, Roman, SummerSlam, book it. And then you can have LA Knight win the money in the bank or somebody else win money in the bank and you don't have to tie up money in the bank with Cody Rhodes. It's a possibility. A possibility. Is that a fair trade, people are asking? Not really. Not really. Maybe they include Cody and a draft pick or something. Cody and somebody else. I don't know. Work with it. Have fun with it. But it is a possibility. It is a possibility. Now, I don't know if WWE has that type of thought process. I don't know if they're actually thinking that. I don't know why... They included SmackDown in this Raw exclusive title, crowning this new champion that is exclusive to Raw. There's got to be a reason why SmackDown is included. Maybe that is the reason. Maybe. Is there a method to their madness? I don't know. I don't know. 
So we'll see what happens. This Cody promo was uh, more of the same. Rah, rah, rah. Nothing new. No new elements added. The feud continues to bore me to sleep. It is what it is. Sorry if you don't agree with me, but uh, I'm pretty much over this Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar fiasco. Zoe Stark. She was backstage. She said she knew she was going to win last week. The camera looked over and there was Nikki Cross. She was sitting there. Zoe called her a freak. Candace LeRae ran in and told her, don't talk to Nikki Cross that way. Stark said, your family is a bunch of weirdos. LeRae says, don't talk about my family. LeRae says they can settle this in the ring. And Zoe Stark said, perfect. See you next week. Zoe Stark versus Candice LeRae, not bad. Will the fans care? Probably not. Raquel! <laughs> Rodriguez Gonzalez! She's out there. She went one-on-one with Chelsea Green. Now, this was supposed to be a tag team title match with Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez against Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville, but Liv Morgan is injured. This is coming from Fightful. Liv Morgan is injured. She was scheduled to be at a cricket wireless meet and greet this afternoon, but she was replaced by Dolph Ziggler. I'm sorry to all that attended this meet and greet where you were expecting Liv and got Dolph. Morgan was reportedly injured during the match against Damage Control on Friday Night SmackDown. No word yet on what the injury is or how severe it is or what the injury actually is. But Liv Morgan is now injured. I'm sure you're all heartbroken that you didn't get this tag team title match on Monday Night Raw tonight. But we got Raquel and Chelsea Green and it was a waste of time. This women's division is good enough to fucking cure insomnia. Seriously. Green was working over Rodriguez. And Rodriguez, she comes back and drops Green over the top rope. She hit Chelsea with three straight clotheslines. Chelsea started punching at Rodriguez. Rodriguez brushed it off. Fall away slam. The big swinging or uh, what is it? The uh, tilt-a-whirl or uh, tornado elbow off the corner. She does. And then she hit the Tejana bomb. For the one, two, three. So as they showed Rodriguez celebrating on the stage, she uh, walks up the ramp. Ronda Shayna Baszler attacked. Rousey laughed and then yanked Rodriguez by the hair. She said she will defend her tag team titles against them with or without Liv. She held on to the hair and then held her arm for Baszler to kick Rodriguez. And they are out there making a statement 
for the women's tag team title. Oh, great, man. What'd I tell you, man? Rodriguez and Liv Morgan were nothing more than transitional champions. Wow. What an exciting division. With Ronda and Shayna winning the tag team titles, man. Oh, my goodness. Boring. You could not pay me all the money in the world to fucking care about this storyline or whatever is going on here. They showed Imperium backstage shaking hands with someone off camera. Then the camera revealed it to be Paul Heyman. But J.D. Paul Heyman's a SmackDown guy. Paul Heyman got drafted. He got drafted to SmackDown. The fuck is he doing on Monday Night Raw? Believe it or not, folks, Paul Heyman had a Raw Visitors Pass to show up tonight, man. WWE, two weeks in, continues to break their own draft rules. Unbelievable, man. It's amazing. They they just can't help themselves, man. It's like they're fucking laughing at you from behind the curtain. <laughs> JD and all those geeks online, they complain about a, a brand split. We're going to show them. <laughs> Part two of the Seth Rollins, Corey Graves sit down. Graves asked why this iteration is the best version of Seth Rollins. Seth said as the visionary, his hands are off the wheel. He says, that's the fun part. Yeah, you know who else's hands are off the wheel? Vince, when talking about or writing creative, his hands are off the wheel. Wherever it goes, free for all. He said, that's the fun part. They're having this crazy synergistic experience with the WWE Universe. He said this is the most authentic version of himself. Graves then asked, why now? Seth said maybe it's the equity or time or hard work. He said there is some organic relationship. And for the first time in his career, he is not the one forcing the change. But the WWE Universe is the catalyst for the change in him. Graves asked about why. This is the right time for a new world title. Seth says he doesn't feel that anybody at the top wants to take any risks with the title they are holding. Roman. He says they're more about protecting themselves than pushing the industry forward. He says he will defend the world title the way it's supposed to to be. it's, It's supposed to be defended. Graves aspect specifically about Reigns. They stopped on that note. So they are going to have another segment like this next week. So this is like a two-week thing that they're doing to build up the AJ Styles and Seth Rollins match for the World Heavyweight title at Night of Champions. I like it. I like it. It keeps Rollins on Raw. It keeps AJ on SmackDown. And we don't get them showing up on the opposite show because they can't because they're on separate brands. Good stuff. We got a vignette airing about Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews, he said, people keep asking him if he's grateful to be back and getting a second chance at an opportunity of a lifetime. He says he didn't have anything handed to him, though. 
He says he's a former United States champion, a former IC champion. He says he's he's demanding respect on his name. He says he's earned his way back, and he did so being a man his kids can be proud of. He says he refuses to be reduced by what happens to him. He closed with, this is my time. And they showed him running on top of a parking ramp with this high drone shot. And he's doing the Rocky thing, throwing his hands in the air. He's like Little Mac and fucking punch out. I mean, they're already getting off on the wrong foot with Apollo Crews, man. I mean, does anybody expect Apollo Crews to be taken seriously on the main rock? I don't know why they even called him up. I really don't. This guy's going to fall into a middle of nothing. A sea of irrelevancy in weeks. Mark my words. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Tag team main event, non-title. Against Judgment Day. This is Finn Balor and Damian Priest with Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio. Rhea Ripley and Dominic were not out there uh, at the start of this match. Finn Balor eventually called them out to ringside. And then they joined for the main event of the show. Uh, this went almost 20 minutes or so. So this was uh, this was a long one. But Owens and Zayn were in control. And being that Judgment Day could not get the best of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens here, Balor called for reinforcements. He called Dominic and Rhea Ripley to join them at ringside, and we go to commercial break. All of a sudden, we get back from commercial break. Judgment Day are in control. And Zayn starts making a babyface comeback with a clothesline on Finn. Both men tagged out. Owens and Priest get in there, and Owens gets the advantage on Damian Priest. Owens hits Priest with a senton outside the ring. Drop both Balor and Dominic with clotheslines. Owens hit Priest with a cannonball. He goes for cover. He gets a two count. Dominic then shows some balls and tries to interfere here. Tripped up Owens. So the referee saw this and tossed both Dominic and Rhea out from the ringside area. So as they were leaving, Xavier Woods ran out and attacked Dominic. And then they fought to the back. So we got a couple of things going on here. Dominic and Rhea Ripley are outside protecting Judgment Day. They get kicked out from the ringside area. Out comes Xavier Woods. They're they're more than likely building a New Day Judgment Day feud while all this is going on. I'm assuming Kofi Kingston's going to be on his way back very soon. This could very well include Big E as well. We'll see. I don't know what the status is on Big E, but I know he's making strides to come back. So Xavier Woods is out there and he attacked Dominic. All of a sudden, Paul Heyman shows up on stage and he's talking into his phone. One would assume he's talking to Roman Reigns. We go to another commercial break. Judgment Day is still in control. They're working over KO. Owens kicked Priest off the ropes, hits another senton off the top. Zayn tagged in, hit Balor with some clotheslines. Amichi Noku driver, he goes for a cover, he gets a two count. Balor came back with a sling blade, but Zayn followed with a blue thunderbomb for a one, two, and a kick out. Imperium show up. Now they're at ringside. So we had Dominic and Rhea. They're kicked out. Xavier Woods starts brawling with Dominic. They go to the back. Out comes Paul Heyman. He's on the phone with Roman. Out comes Imperium. They're standing by ringside now because Paul Heyman and Imperium made some sort of pact for them to be out there. I don't know what the fuck is going on at this point. So Imperium 
showed up at ringside, and this distraction allowed Balor to use a roll-up for a two. Balor, with Owens, hits a DDT, but Owens broke up the cover um, on Sami Zayn. Sami got hit with a DDT, and then Owens broke up the cover. Owens gave Priest a stunner, and Balor tossed Owens from ringside. Sami Zayn gave Balor an exploder in the corner. He hit the Hiluva kick. Zayn had the match won, but the Imperium distracted the referee. Owens rolls to the outside. He shoves Gunther. Priest laid out Owens with a choke slam on the ring apron. Zayn then jumps over the top with a big suicide dive to take out Priest. Zayn then gets back in the ring. He's setting up for another Haluva kick, but Gunther held on by the leg. He stopped the Haluva kick as Kaiser and Vinci distracted the referee. Balor shotgun drop kick Zayn into the corner. Hits a beautiful coup de grace for the one, two, three. Paul Heyman was on the phone. He was smiling like a sly, evil prick. And he was pleased. And Balor basically motioned that they will be challenging Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for the tag team ch- uh, titles following Knights of Champions. And that's the way Monday Night Raw went off the air. Um, this was this was fine. This was uh, an overbooked mess. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts in this thing. It really is. I mean, the bloodline, Paul Heyman, you know, Roman Reigns is looking to make Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens life a living hill. So, you know, they, they really, they're really going all in with this tribal chief head of the table storyline. You know, Roman Reigns is calling in favors for everybody. He's got Judgment Day, calls in a favor for Judgment Day, they're there. Calls in a favor for Imperium, they're there. So it's like everybody's bending over backwards to do the bidding of Roman Reigns, all to make the life of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens a living hell. Now, I don't really see Sami Zayn and KO losing those tag team titles at Night of Champions. I do think that the Usos will get involved in some way, and they will force the bloodline to a loss. I don't know if it's going to be accidental or on purpose, but there's no way you're sending Sami and KO to lose this soon into their title run, especially the first time that they're visiting Saudi Arabia for one of these Saudi shows. That would be ridiculous. But there's a lot of moving parts here, man. You could see where WWE potentially could be going. Uh, New Day, Judgment Day. Maybe we get the team of Sami Sami Zayn and KO against Imperium for the titles. They could go to Judgment Day for the titles. So they're setting up a lot for the months to come. You just don't know which way they are going to go with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. But after Night of Champions, this KO, Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, solo bloodline shit needs to end. They need to do their own thing. It is over. And it needs to fully take on a life of its own with the bloodline imploding from within. And the story needs to be more about Jimmy and Jay versus Roman and Solo than Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens continuing their feud with the bloodline. That's over. And that will end at Night of Champions. Anyway, guys, that is all I got for you. That is your Monday Night Raw review right here on OTS. I really appreciate you guys stopping by, as always, to hang out on this Monday evening. I wish the show was a little bit better, but it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go out there and check the homepage for all the other content that I've uploaded during the weekend. 
and today. Everything you need is on the homepage. Go out and get your Legends of JD from NY t-shirts, man. It is absolutely stunning. The best branded merchandise that we've had for the podcast ever. This rivals the JD is Negan shirt. Go and check it out. Link is pinned at the top of the comment section and pinned in the live stream chat. We sold over 50. There are only 100 of these shirts in total. I would love to sell them out, really make a statement, and get these shirts in the hands of people that are fans of the show. So if you are a fan of the show and want something that is completely limited, a limited time release, now is the only time you got. When they are gone, they are gone. So hit up that link and go buy yourself a Legend of JD from NY t-shirt, now available exclusively Limited time release, only 100 in production, man. Also, I got some new artwork done. We got a new show debuting, I think, next Tuesday. Double or nothing week. Night of Champions week. It's going to be me and Andrew Baydala. We are unleashing a new Tuesday night show called TNT. Tuesday night Titans on your Tuesday night. It is going to be a solid wrestling discussion between two guys, two New Yorkers who have very distinct styles, very different styles and very different opinions. It's going to be more like the Mike and the Mad Dog of the IWC, man. It's a long time coming. I'm very excited about this. It should be great on Tuesday night. Fills that NXT void. It's going to be awesome. Next Tuesday, I believe, is going to be the launch. And uh, keep an eye on the socials for time. Next Tuesday, TNT, Tuesday Night Titans, me and Andrew Baydala on YouTube. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Blue Chew is your way. To ensuring long-term booking. You could take them anytime, guys. Day or night. Be ready whenever that opportunity for LTB arises. Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. But in chewable tablets and they come at a fraction of the cost. Like I said, you could take them anytime, day or night. Be ready when the opportunity arises. Plan ahead. And the process is very simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com. You consult with one of their online medical providers. And once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. No questions asked. No visits to the doctor. No awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy at all. It's all done online. Great. And Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they are prepared and shipped direct to you in a very discreet package. So if you guys can benefit from that extra confidence, man, why not give Blue Chew a try? BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. You're going to get a free sample, and all you're going to have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling, man. That is BlueChew.com, code JD. And I want to thank them, as always, for sponsoring the Monday Night Raw post show right here on Off The Script. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. 
Who do we got tonight? In the Super Chats. Bryce becomes a new member. Thank you, Bryce. I appreciate you, brother. What the fuck are you drinking tonight to celebrate a new membership in the OTS venue? Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Sammy KO lost as Tag Team Champions VKM Booking 101. Absolutely. Triple H doesn't beat his champions. Tony Brown with a $4.99. Chelsea is so hot, JD. A very attractive lady, Tony Brown. Very attractive. Tootie Fruity with a 199. The crowd started off weak and got better over time. Yeah, they weren't bad tonight. A lot better than last week, I'll tell you that. Lauren with a $2 super chat. Love when you play Red Skies. So do I. It's a great song. MGM Ballin' with an 18 months. A Ronald Acuna appreciation post, and this is coming from a Yankees fan, says MGM Ballin'. Acuna is the NL MVP right now, bro. He is a fucking beast. Lauren with a two, a five, and a two. Another boring Raw. WWE getting even worse with all these injuries. Rhodes, Big E, Orton, Roxanne. Too much. Who do you think will return and not return? They got so much roster that a couple of injuries here and there don't really mean much, honestly. Ali getting a push. Is it? Or is it just WWE using Ali for their Saudi Saudi narrative? Tootie Fruity in a 499 Super Chat. The matches in this show, most of them, were pretty amazing for the most part. Amazing, bro. No, they were not amazing. Robert Hurt with 26 months in the OTS venue. Really hope Randy Orton has one more run left, J.D. You rock, brother. Randy Orton will be back, Robert. Don't worry about it. He ain't going nowhere. Lauren with a $5 super chat. Saw your video about Randy today. Agree with you that he's definitely not on the verge of retiring. I'm thinking the rumors of retirement are work. He'll return. Randy Orton will be back, guys. Randy Orton is not retiring. Peter Gay. More with a 220. No Omos. Four out of ten. Peter Gamore is unhappy that there's no Omos. Jason Barker with a $5 Super Chat. Damian Priest as a Paul Heyman guy seems enticing after Roman Reigns is done with the bloodline. I could see it. I could absolutely see it. Lauren Marie Hunt with a $2 Super Chat. Cena saying his body can't do much anymore. Yeah, but he could do Fast 10, though. He's giving people AAs in Fast and Furious, so... Clearly, he's lying. Peter Gay Moore with a 220. We need Omos, pal. No, we don't. We don't need Omos. 
Main event with a $5 super chat. JD, I'm glad it's podcasters like you that out fighting for LTB. Now tell my weed man, Omas, can't wrestle and have 87 wins based on beating jobbers. Your weed man should stop smoking the fucking product, bro. If he says Omas can wrestle or thinks Omas is a suitable wrestler, maybe he's uh, using up all the uh, supply. Give me a break. We got the NYC Demon Diva Isa in the chat. 21 months. She's never going to let me live this one down. I'm still celebrating 20K. Thanks for always being an inspiration. You still owe me a drink or 10. Uh, Isa, I owe you and Destiny 10 drinks each. Tootie Fruity with the two months. And, and by the way, congratulations on 20,000 subscribers. I mean, it's tough to grow on YouTube, but, you know, we're still here plugging away. Tootie Fruity with the two months. What's one wrestler you hated but now like? Also, what's one wrestler from the old days that couldn't could have been world champ? Uh, also, cheers to two months. Uh, that's an easy one. Mr. Perfect. No doubt about it. And uh, one wrestler that I hated but I now like? Nah, I'm, uh, I'm the type of guy that when I hate you, I hate you, bro. There's no going back. Lauren with a 5, a 2, and a 2. Hope you had a great Mother's Day with your mama. She didn't give a shit, and I didn't go see her either. Tutti Fruity with a 4.99. Why am I not mad that Mustafa Ali won the Battle Royal? Because you know it's a waste of time, bro. You know it's a fa- you know it's a waste of time. Uh, Lauren Marie Hutton with a $5 super chat. Fave errors, ruthless aggression. SDL Golden Era Summer 2013 to WrestleMania 35 Attitude Era. My favorite era is the Attitude Era, Lauren. The Attitude Era. Mary with a 21 months. JD Best Channel in the World. Have you heard anything about Cody not getting a title this year? Rumor is he may not be going to Night of Champions. Uh, If that's the rumor, then uh, we're all fucked. We are all fucked then. Um, I don't know where you heard this rumor. Where is this rumor coming from that Cody is not getting a title this year and that Roman and Solo are wrestling the Usos? Someone guide me to this rumor. Lauren with a $2 super chat. May I please have an apple schnapps? Awful show. Tootie Fruity with a $4.99. I'm probably not mad because Mustafa Ali and Gunther are going to have a banger match. Yes, if WWE allows them to. Yes. Lauren with a $2 super chat. Thank you for always being honest and being you. I I don't know any other way. 
Was it Dave Meltzer? Was it really Dave Meltzer that said that? Then it's not really news. Leon Valini. With a $11 super chat. I'm already sick of the whoa from Cody's theme. I'm sick of a lot of things. Main event with a $5 super chat. My boss called police on me for calling her Sam McMahon. But if she learned LTB in hiring, we wouldn't have these problems. You get me through work, JD. Thank you, main event. Your boss called the police on you for calling her Sam McMahon. I think your boss may have a stick-up arrest. Peter Gay Moore with a 220. We need Omas in that world title match. Uh, Peter, uh, I mean, I don't know. I would love to see where you sleep, uh, Peter. Uh, it, it, it may be a shrine to Omas everywhere. Max Mello with a 499. If Cody was champ, you could have had him struggle for respect as champ. You could have ran the idea of him being handed the chance and go from there. Yeah, but we know why WWE didn't do it. So, I mean, there's no there's no sense in looking back on it, but it's tough to not look back on it when what we got with Cody and Brock is so awful. The apostrophe green with a 499. No message. Thank you, brother. Mike FPS with a new membership and a $2 super chat. No message. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you being here, brother. Uh, D apostrophe green with a 499. Excited for JD McDonough versus Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler deserves to be relevant, and I hope JD joins Judgment Day. Uh, well, I'm not joining Judgment Day, but uh, Rhea Ripley is my mommy, being that she wears my initials on her cheek, and uh, McDonough will be in Judgment Day. And Ziggler will not be relevant. Ziggler is a free agent and he is an enhancement talent. And that's all he'll be. Uh, Watson with a $15 super chat. I saw Teddy Long asked if Vince was involved or backstage during the draft. He said no. I was like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, right. Well, he might not have been backstage, but he was certainly booking the show. Peter Gay Moore with a 220. Finish the story, Omas. Chris's Chaos with a 9.99. JD, I published my review of New Japan Pro Wrestling Super Junior 30, night one. I cannot copy the link to Super Chat, but I will post it below. Thanks for your hard work, OTS for life. Uh, you go and do that, brother. I gave you permission to do that. You're good to go. Peter Gaymore with a 220, 220, and 220. Can you smell what the Omas is cooking? That's good shit, pal. And Omas is the greatest high flyer of our generation. Peter has a hard on for Omas. Soundwave 80s with a 499. Crashed, turbo scooter, copter, leader one, and side kill. What do these names remind you of? 
I have no idea. No idea, Soundwaves. Oh, are we uh, playing some old school NES game? What are we doing? Well, I have no idea what those names mean. Somebody's got to fill me in. Tootie Fruity with a 199. I love the way JD says the word what, like what. Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. As much as I like Cody Rhodes and CM Punk, they are just theme songs people sing to. Rock Hawk with a $2 super chat. Maybe Brock is wanting to become Dashing Brock. I don't know. Maybe Cody didn't give Brock tips on how to be Dashing. Maybe you're right. Forzit with a 199. Hope Zoe Stark hits Candace with the Z360 next week. More than likely she will, Forzit. Peter Gaymore with a 220. He says, Nia Jax versus Omas. Book it. I think Peter Gaymore's fucking drunk. Forzit with a 199. They keep teasing Rhea going... Mano Imano with the men. Yeah, but we'll never see it. WWE has no balls to do that. Sean Ray J with a $20 super chat. Thank you so much, man. I feel bad for Liv. She had her title run ruined before it started because WWE wanted to get Ronda over. She lost her SmackDown title to Ronda, gets put in a tag team with Raquel, <laughs> and gets hurt. All to drop the titles back to Ronda. But we don't really know how hurt she is, bro. She may be back next week for all we know. Jack Mehoff with a 199 and a 199. You have nice teeth. Can you smile for me? No. No, I don't I don't smile, Jack Mehoff. Also with a 199, Lita vs. Trish, Hell in a Cell, SummerSlam, book it, says Jack Mehoff. No. Negative. I don't want either of them on TV anymore. Otis with 17 months in the OTS venue. What's up, family? Another month And the growth of the OTS family is unbelievable. Love you guys to pieces. Hashtag OTS. Hashtag OTS. Bloodline. We the ones. Absolutely. Thank you, Otis. The official bouncer of the OTS venue. And Golden Faces. 199. Has Peter begun to get over on OTS? I think Peter Gaymore is very over on OTS. Peter Gaymore is very over now. Anyway, guys, uh, I am all but tapped out. I am done. Done, done, done. Appreciate you guys being here tonight, man. Uh, a couple of exciting things coming up, man. Get your t-shirts. 
JD from NY is now the legend of JD from NY. Beautiful new t-shirt, man. Go get yours today. Less than 50 remain. Would love to sell them out. And I'm coming to you live next Tuesday with a brand new show, brand new talk show, man. TNT. We are dynamite. Not really, but Tuesday night Titans, JD from NY, and Andrew Bedala, aka Ticket Drew, even though he's not really Ticket Drew, he's always Ticket Drew to me. Uh, we will be uh, talking about pro wrestling on your Tuesday nights. So pull up a chair, order a drink, and get ready. Get ready. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. We're getting into Memorial Day weekend, guys. You know what that means. We'll be back in the beer garden. We got some new, we got some newbies here, man. You don't know about the beer garden. You don't know about the OTS beer garden, man. We will be back in the beer garden next weekend. Yeah, I love it. Can't wait. Love the vibe of the beer garden. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Let's try for a thousand likes minimum tonight on OTS. And next time you see me, I'm sure I'll be in your sub boxes tomorrow with something. So make sure you guys keep an eye on the sub boxes and have that bell turned on for all notifications. Guys, thank you for being here tonight for the Monday Night Raw Post Show. And I will be back with you tomorrow and then back live on Wednesday with Jesse for AW Dynamite right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later. (laughs) 